to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Reactive Redefined will reopen for enrollment on January 3rd. We have helped over 100 reactive dog teams make huge progress inside of Reactive Redefined, and we want to help you next. So if you're struggling with your reactive dog, please consider joining Reactive Redefined when it reopens for enrollment in January. We'll give you the practical skills and emotional support just to make huge strides in your dog's training. If you are interested in learning more about joining Reactive Redefined, be sure to join the waitlist so that you are the first to know when enrollment is open. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. We are so glad that you are with us. Um, I have one of my amazing Reactive Redefined students with me tonight, and she's going to share her experience inside of Reactive Redefined. So for those of you who are listening and you're like, what the hell is Reactive Redefined? It is our intensive coaching program for reactive dogs and their guardians. It is completely virtual, um, but essentially we give you the practical skills and the emotional support just to make huge strides with your reactive dog. So Kayla, will you introduce yourself for the listeners, tell everybody where you are, and then let's talk about your boy. Yeah. Um, so we are in Sacramento, California. Um, my dog Dexter has been going on this like really awesome reactive redefined journey the last several months. Um, and I feel like totally rocking it. Um, oh, hell yeah. yes. Hell's yes. Okay. So tell everybody his age and best guesses at his breed. Okay. So he just turned two. And we think that he is probably Pitbull Lab Cross is our best guess. Right. He's just a medium-sized, blocky-headed, black beauty. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just a real adorable, ador- breed adorable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So tell everybody like the beginning. So where did he come from? How old was he when he came into your life? So he came into our life very, very young. Um, He was about seven weeks old, uh, the vet guest, by the time we got him. And um, a friend of my dad's had found him apparently just alone in a bush. Uh, Like just so tiny puppy alone. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was probably about five weeks or so old when he was found just hanging by himself. Um, adorable as like anything. Um, and so we, my dad basically just called me one day and was like, I need you to come take this puppy. Like we need to rehome it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like twist my arm an adorable puppy. Um, so we, you know, we, we could tell he probably had some bully breed in him. We didn't know how big he was going to get. Uh, we put him into training pretty quick on like right at eight weeks, um, got into puppy pre-K. We're like, we're going to do everything right. Um, and then the pandemic hit and it kind of derailed our training. We tried to keep up. We had trainers come to the house to try to keep up just basic obedience stuff. Um, but his socialization, I think got stunted a little bit. 
due to the pandemic and we weren't really having people come over to that house, obviously. We weren't able to take him many places or introduce him to people and dogs. So um, I think that kind of exacerbated some issues that probably were going to kind of come up to some extent regardless. Yeah, no, I absolutely. I think that a puppy who leaves their litter and mom too early, we know for sure that like that has some unfortunate side effects, right? Like they just don't learn everything that they could if they get to stay with mom or the other puppies, right? And it's like, yeah, it's like you add that and then a pandemic and it's just kind of like the perfect brew of like, oh, okay, so now you're going to lunge and market things. Okay. <laughs> yeah, basically all of that. It, yeah. And we're like, what is happening with our sweet, like little puppy boy who's just now like, we're being asked to leave when there are group classes, you know, when we allowed us back with masks and we're now being asked to leave because our dog is disrupting the class with all of his jumping and barking and over excitement, over zealousness. Oh my God. Okay. So how was he a year old when the pandemic hit? Was he younger than that? So he was, the timeline is so hard. Like it's been a pandemic forever. It feels like (laughs) he was like four or five months. Such um, a rough time. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very unfortunate. The cool part of it was that I started working from home when he was that age. So lots more, you know, time to spend with him and training at home, but just not the exposure to things that we wish that he could have been exposed to. Right. Okay. So then when things started to open up, he was closer to a year old, right? So not as only, only is he hitting social maturity, but it's also like, Bam, 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 bam. Here's all the stimulus that you haven't had to deal with in a long time. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot. And we, um, when we first got him, we had two other dogs. We now just have one other dog. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm used to like taking my dogs out to, you know, patio dining and like hikes and all sorts. Of, I like to, I like to hang with my dogs in any way I can, basically. And so I was like, oh, yeah, like, he's going to fit right in. And he had other ideas about that. Okay. So I feel like we've just got to give a shout out to your girl Lux, because I think that, do do you realize how spoiled you are with her now? Tell everybody just a little bit about Lux, because I think that this is important. A million percent. So Lux, who is staring sweetly at me right now, is our 14-year-old border collie. Um, And I've had her since she was about two or three years old she's been amazing from the start like I took her to like obedience training but as she was like the star of the class she's never like had an issue with any person anything she's just roll with the punches very well trained uh super smart super chill like just um just a dog mom's dream honestly she's a quote-unquote easy dog in a lot of ways yeah like she's like definitely been like very energetic and she's a border collie so she you know she has her own things going on but uh yeah she's amazing and I I knew she was amazing but also I think in the back of my head I was like but also you know like I took her to training I do the good dog mom stuff yeah yeah right like I put in some of the work here okay so I think that's something that was extremely humbling for me as I started like maturing my dog training career is realizing that like Yes, we have an influence on the dog, but like so much of like their genetics and their early, early learning history is 
probably that's more than what we're doing, right? Not to discount like the effort we're putting in, but also realizing that like, it's not all about us, right? Like they're individuals. They, they had early experiences or didn't have early experiences. And that's a lot of who they are outside of anything we could have done. Totally. Totally. It's like a little bit like, you know, the genetic lottery and you, you know, you win in different ways with different dogs. And I mean, I say that not, I did win the lottery with Lux, but I feel like I did win the lottery with Dexter too. I think I've learned that a little bit more um, because he's honestly has really showed me how much I needed to still learn and, you know, how I could be a better, you know, guardian for dogs in the future. And also like showed me like, oh man, like there were all these things that I could have been doing with my, you know, other dogs earlier in my life that I just didn't know that I didn't know. So yeah, he's taught me so much. So it's a different type of dog lottery with Dexter. (laughs) Right. Well, and it's like, I mean, every subsequent dog, it's just, I think that every time I'm like every future dog that comes into this world is going to be so lucky because I learned all these other things from all these other dogs. Right. Like Right. Yeah, 100%. Generations are greatly going to benefit because of all the, all you had to learn because of Dexter. Yes, for <laughs> sure. For sure. <laughs> okay. So let's talk a little bit about like the different aspects of his reactivity. So, um, tell the listeners, right? Like what are his major triggers? And like, I think even talk about some of the things that were, that aren't as much anymore, but maybe still are. Yeah. So his like hands down, biggest trigger is stranger danger, um, human reactivity. And not that he's reactive to every person. Um, but definitely like people coming into our house was a real problem. And, um, you know, before we probably five, six months before we started the course, we would do dog walks. And literally if someone just said like, good morning to me, And I replied back, he was just like, oh, oh, hell no. Like, you do not talk to us. We are, you know, (laughs) you stay over there. Um, And so, yeah, that that has improved. But yeah, hands down, the the stranger danger aspect of him is his biggest aspect to overcome with his reactivity. Um, He also has a lot of feelings about off-leash dogs running. uh, And we live across the street from a pretty large park that he can see from our front window, which everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's so cool that you live across the street from a park. And I'm like, it is unless you're Dexter. And then it is like, I don't, I'm still trying to determine if he is like, those dogs are coming like this way and I don't want them coming into my house. Or if he's like, I really want to go run and frolic with you guys right now. And I'm stuck inside the house. I'm, I don't know what his motivation is still, but the verdict is still out on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that has gotten better. He's definitely has improved a lot. Just dogs like barking at him behind fences or on leashes on our walks was an issue. Um, you know, and like the normal like pity, prey drive, squirrels, cats, like normal, that kind of stuff has like a million percent gotten better. But when we first started, that was like definitely still a work in progress. Um, vacuum cleaners are a huge enemy of Dexter's. <laughs> uh, Dexter and a lot of the dogs of the world. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was relieved to learn. I was like, what is happening <laughs> with the vacuum cleaner? We would like put peanut butter on the vacuum. Like, no, it's your friend. Like we love the vacuum. We have three dogs. We must vacuum. Um, so yeah, that's, I was relieved that he's not alone in the, I hate vacuum cleaner camp. Oh my God. Okay. So everyone, Kayla uploaded a video of Dexter in the vacuum and one, you've done some beautiful work building stimulus control and stuff around that. But as I was watching it, I just couldn't help but laugh because Waylon is exactly the same way. If he is over aroused and that vacuum goes on, he's like, no fucking way. Like one bark bite. And it's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. You're like, I'm just trying to clean the house. Like I'm not trying to offend you. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So I want to hear a little bit about, um, some of the like in-person training and stuff that you did before you joined reactive redefined. Yeah. So we, um, we started out in puppy pre-K when he was eight weeks and that was like mostly just like puppy play socialization stuff, basic sit. Um, we moved on to straight after that into a beginner, um, just further obedience. Uh, and they, they, we worked at the same training facility, the whole, his whole education basically leading up to where we're, you know, before joining reactive redefined, um, and so they were, they really, you know, it was positive reinforcement based, but they were, had some, they had some strict ideas about like, they need, dogs need to walk at your side and you need to choose a side. Like uh, this, you know, eight week old puppy, you need to assign which side of your body they're going to walk on at all times and loose, loose leash walking. Um, and just really a lot of, a lot of control over things that maybe I, you know, in, in hindsight, you don't really need to put energy into controlling. Uh, so he went through beginner training, moved on to intermediate. It was at the intermediate course that he started really having lots of big feelings about the dogs in the class. Some of the men, uh, guardians in the class. He loved his trainers, um, loved them as people. He was all about that, but definitely started to develop some feelings. We did, we were asked to leave the class once or twice because of the barking and the, like at the end of his leash, like lunging. And at that point, the trainers had kind of started to introduce like, well, we think that this is, you know, this is a problem. Like let's do a prong collar. And my like gut instinct initially was just like, I don't like that. Like I'm not into it. Uh, and the trainer and my husband were like, you know, like, let's, let's give it a go. Like, I think that it's worth trying. And I just like, I hated it. I like, I just hated it. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel right. No, it didn't feel right at all. Um, and it didn't help. Like it really wasn't helping. And there was an instance where I took Dexter to a doggy daycare because he was just, he's wild. And I'm like trying to work from home. And I'm like, I'm walking him like miles and miles a day and nothing, nothing is helping his energy. I, we have puzzle toys. We have, we're like trying to do all the things. Nothing's helping. Well, doggy daycare, he needs to run with some friends. Uh, doggy daycare politely said he is not a match because he was just like not respecting some of the other dogs, like social cues. 
and a trainer approached me who was observing Dexter during this doggy daycare trial. And he suggested to me an e-caller um, and wanted me to start, you know, he does pack walks and it encouraged me to do that. And I'm like, e-caller, I don't really like pack walks seem fun. Like that seems cool. Like hindsight again, like the more, you know, <laughs> um, we didn't ever do the pack walk, but I kept like, oh, you know, I want to get him to the point he can do that. Anyways, we ended up repeating the intermediate course because uh, basically his obedience was on point. He was, he's great at all the things they asked him to do, except for remain calm around dogs and strangers. And so we started doing some private in-home uh, instruction and essentially like I wanted, I really wanted him to get to his um, canine good citizen test and pass that was like my original goal. I'm like, we're going to do it, buddy. We're going to do it. And I got to a point where I was like, I don't think that's going to happen for us. <laughs> well, and I feel like things start to change, right? Like, does it matter if he passes this TGC? Maybe not. Does it matter if we can have normal walks without huge incidents? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Priorities shifted for sure. Um, and so it's the phrase like, um, reactivity got brought up to me. And one day I was just like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, just put in my podcast search bar, like reactivity, and literally found your podcast. And like, the like reactive redefined like case studies is one of the things that popped up with that search. And we started and we did like the little free course that you have on your website, which is awesome. And just started like, okay, like, I'm just going to try some of these things out on our walks. Like we're not working with a trainer right now. Like, let's just re like focus in on what like the problem areas are to try to like be able to get him to a place where his world could get bigger. So then we just started kind of um, self-training with the help of honestly, like your podcast. And it opened me up to a bunch of other positive reinforcement trainers and dog guardians on, you know, Instagram and just doing the deep dive into like the whole positive reinforcement community, which was felt a million times better than prong callers and e-callers and like all these other things that were just really upsetting. Well, and it's like, I think it's really hard to it. Like I'm, I'm never one to like throw like the other side of the dog training community under the bus because you know, not everything they do is bad, but I think that something is particularly hard is I think that they prey on people's vulnerabilities, right? Like here you are in a situation where you're trying to do the best that you can for Dexter and someone's being like, you should do the e-collar. That's the way to do it. And you know, it's like, you're like, is it though? Right. Like you want to try and like, accept that, like, he claims he's a professional. He must have a good idea. But then yeah. when you look at like, excuse me, we're going to use an electronic device to make this better. Like that feels weird. <laughs> well, yeah. And I was feeling like, I mean, Dexter as a puppy was very shy and like, he was always like pretty standoffish and still like, he's like such like a, <laughs> a big goober and a scaredy cat to this day about so many like silly little things. And so I'm like, it doesn't exactly make sense. This, this dog that's already kind of afraid of things to like do things to create more things for him to be afraid of. Yes. Oh my God. And it's like, he's a sensitive dude too. Right. And like, yeah. 
all dogs are sensitive. Everyone, they all are. They are emotional creatures, right? Yeah. No matter if you're telling yourself a story that your dog's just an asshole, they're not, they're sensitive. And it's like, right. Like that goes against, like, you're having a hard time. Why am I just going to make it harder for you? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think it's hard when you're like, you know, you're just trying to, you're trying to do the right thing. You're trying to juggle life. And, you know, we had two other senior dogs that needed their own things. And we're just like grasping at straws, just trying to figure out like, what do we do to help this dog? And like questioning, I like, I questioned myself so many times, like, am I, should I have taken Dexter? Like, am I, you know, do I have enough to give to him? Do I have the tools to like help make his life the best it can be? Cause it feels like I'm just kind of failing over and over and over again, no matter what we try and what, you know, what new thing, what new technique we're, we're doing. So yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Well, and I commend you for being open to learning, right? Because I think that a lot of people who come to me have spent a ton of time and money on several other trainers and they still feel like, okay, well, we worked with all these people. None of them can help us. Can you really help us? And like, you never approached it like that. You're just like, I'm open to learning. Let's give it a go. Let's see. And like, holy shit, you and Dexter. I mean, when I watch those videos, I'm just like, woo, 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 woo. like the best, like your mechanics and how you really just like opened yourself to learning and you just have implemented the training techniques. It's so beautiful to see it work. So I want to talk a little bit about um, what initially brought you to reactive redefined. Like it was it the case studies that you were like, all right, all right, these other people did it. We can do it too. <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, that definitely was like what first tuned me into it and like hearing like, there is something, there's something so like isolating feeling when you have a dog that's having these kind of struggles. And so it was like nice to hear like, okay, like real people who are like having these same struggles and they're like just trying to find solutions like I am. Um and so that like, got now I'm like binging all these, you know, all the content that I can. And then what really got like, kind of what sealed the deal is when we did like the mini course, the look at that um, was just like a new thing that we hadn't done at all before. And I was like, okay, so this makes logical sense to me. And he loves treats. So like worst thing that, that's going to happen is he's going to just get a bunch of cookies. Like, okay. Like there's no risk really in, involved in trying it. So we just started implementing that like on all of our walks and it felt good to like, feel like we had kind of a game plan. Like that we're, we have something that we can like try to accomplish on these walks. And when I started seeing him reacting less, you know, to like starting to like, when we would pass a person that would say something to us he would like, look up at me, like, mom, where's my cookie? Like, we just had saw this person like that. We saw the person, the person said something that equals I get treats. And I was like, holy shit. Like, this is great. Like this, I'm all, <laughs> I'm like, I will feed you cookies all day long. If I get that response from you, instead of your amp, your hackles are up, you're stressed out. I'm stressed out. We're not enjoying our walks, you know, like, it just started, I, I saw a real difference in just that subtle little tweak. And I was like, you know, 
I, what do, again, like, what do we have to lose? Like just diving further into this, like, let's see what other tools we can like get in the same vein. Oh my God. I love that so much because it's like, it's such a simple thing, but when you implement it consistently, it's pretty remarkable how quickly, not only it works in the moment, but also you really see just the ripple effects of like Dexter being like, there's a person, you see that person? You're like, yes, I do, dude. Like, Hey, there's a dog over there. Like, I know there is good job. Right. Instead of, you know, the contrary where you're like doing everything in your power to like avoid or prevent. It's like, it's such a, uh, it's a more functional way to navigate. Right. Instead of feeling scared or worried, you're like empowered because you know exactly what to do in the moment and it works so consistently. Oh, and it's, yeah. And like, where like now it's like, him seeing a squirrel instead of it being like, oh my gosh, I have to chase that squirrel. I'm going to, you know, like I'm so focused. He like is so excited when he sees a squirrel because it's like mom treats, treats. And like, it's been, there's been so many squirrels out lately that he's like, treat, 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 you know, squirrel, squirrel, squirrel all over it. Um, And we're like getting to the point now that Instead of like just doing management, which like totally is what we were doing is like, let's try to like, oh, I see a dog two blocks away. Let's turn up the street so we don't pass him. Like literally earlier this week, we were walking through the park. There's a guy walking like this huge German shepherd. And I'm like, okay, you acknowledge the dog. You're not reacting at all. Like, let's get a little bit closer and see if you are still cool. And he totally was like, literally not a flinch from him, which is just (laughs) amazing. It's like, I can't, it's such a, it's such a relief to see him enjoying his walks more. And for me to not be dreading our dog walks every day. Oh my God. Right. Well, and okay. So I want to talk about this a little bit because when you first joined reactor redefine, we had our one-on-one, you kind of told me like how you'd done the training. And of course not, it wasn't all bad, but I remember my first suggestion being like, stop asking this dog to walk at your side an entire walk. Like, please stop asking for that. Get a longer leash, let him sniff. Let's work on like perfecting him walking at your side on cue if you need it. And can you kind of just speak to like, how you felt when I told you that. And then what happened when you actually implemented it? I honestly, I was like, I was cool with that. I was like, I, it's not fun for either of us. I feel like to take a walk where he, I have to focus on keeping him at my side the whole time. And I have to like, oh, you want to stop and sniff that thing? Well, like you can sniff a couple of things for just a couple of seconds, but then we have to keep going. And it was just like what had been trained into us is like, this is what you need to ask of him. And then realizing like, it's pointless. For what reason are we not allowed to let our dog be a dog? Like, I think it's valuable to have the skill set of like, if there is something approaching and we need you to walk by the side, our side, like, of course, like that has its place. But like, us walking around the neighborhood and you don't get to enjoy like smelling after a fresh rain. You don't get to smell, you know, all the fresh smells and you don't get to sniff your pee mail on your walks. And you know, all the things that like, he loves to smell things like he's all about it. And the longer leash we have recently implemented, we were just letting him for the last several months go to the end of his six foot leash. 
And uh, now we're doing a 15 foot leash on a lot of our walks. And like, just like, I seriously, I'm like beaming with happiness, watching his happy little wiggly body dog language, just like loving life. And like, it's just such a different look than like his, you know, his ears are kind of back. He's like, okay, we're doing our walk because that's what we have to do. Instead of like, now we're like, we're both enjoying it. We're both like enjoying the scenery and just, just walking like normal. I don't know. I just seeing the shift in him has been amazing. Oh my God. Well, and I think that, you know, when you realize that you have a reactive dog, I feel like there's a natural, like, okay, we got to do something about this right now. And I think that that's why there's still, it's so prevalent in the dog training industry to like, you know, perpetuate this control structure and we have to make dogs do things. And, you know, I understand why, why it exists, but I think once you can see past it, you're like, okay, my dog can be reactive, but he still deserves to be a dog. I mean, come on. Right. And like, okay. So I want to hear just a little bit, because I know that a lot of people worry about the longer leash. Cause they're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do if this dog starts reacting? And I feel like yeah. you have mastered the art of like reeling the leash in, letting the leash out. Like, I know that it took some time to get there, but how does it feel like managing it now? The long leash? I mean, it's like never like an errorless process, I'll say. <laughs> um, and I, you do, I will say you have to like make sure, like, I mean, walking a reactive dog, like you're on high alert, like just like keeping your, you know, eye on your surroundings at all times anyways, regardless of the leash length. And that is definitely heightened when I'm using the long leash. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like, I feel like it does make you more present on the walk too, where you're like, all right, like I'm going to try to see what my dog's seeing or see it. Hopefully a half a second, you know, before we did, you know, it, there's the dog barking across the street behind the fence and I need to make sure I have you like reeled in so you don't try to get to, you know, whatever, but it is, it's clumsy sometimes and it's like not beautiful sometimes. And I see people looking at me like you're walking this huge dog and basically letting him like roam 10, 15 feet in front of you. And like, I get some side eye about it, but you know, at the end of the day, yeah, I feel like once you kind of get the hang of, you know, the reeling it in letting it out, reeling it in, letting it out, you just, you get to feel like a rhythm about it. Well, and it's like seeing the happy ass body language is worth all of the work of managing a long leash, right? Like it really is. It's so worth it for that. Totally. So I want to talk a little bit more about his stranger danger, because I know that that's something that we have really worked together on, like formulating some plans and like what we're going to implement. And I know that um, some of you listening are probably like, oh, my God. okay, cool. Well, it just works for you and it's really easy. Well, there's always ups and downs for everyone. Oh boy, are they in our, in our best attempt, right? To do a setup with decks, things didn't go according to plan with the person. Do you want to just share a little bit of that with the listeners? Yeah, so we've done a couple of setups now. Um, and the first one was with a very good friend of mine um, who Dexter has met before. And so we did the setup, we met across the street at the park. He did get a little um vocal towards her which very quickly turned into like a very happy body language so we think it was like more of an excitement noise and it was like after that like we did two-person touch a little bit 
and hung out with her outside before we all came inside. And he like very quickly like warmed up to her and was like, okay, great. We're best friends now. Now I know how this goes. Um, And so that was like, gosh, it made my heart so happy just to like see everything functioning so well. And like, oh gosh, like maybe we can, maybe we can let people into our homes again, like at some (laughs) point, like have dinner with friends or, you know, something crazy like that. Uh, So then the the next setup we did uh, was with this same friend and she brought her boyfriend who is awesome and wonderful and super dog person. Um, And Dexter had, he was very excited to, to see this new person and he got very close to him and was real excited. We did some two person touch and then he got a little bit of a sketchy feeling for a moment and then everything was fine. And so we came inside and he got a little bit of another sketchy feeling. And like, at that point we could see like he, his, like one of the things we've learned a lot is just watching his body language so much. And he was, you know, he was very obviously like panting. He was worked up and just like very, I don't think he was, afraid. I don't think he was pissed off. I think he was just like very overly excited and had had this heightened threshold, you know, like sitting not in a headspace to make the choices that we were after. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah, like at some point I was like, okay, like you're not making great choices. So we're going to like take a break and do a licky bat and like, just like let you chill out. And I mean, ultimately it like a thing also that has stood out to me a lot is like, when you video something like in the moment, everything feels so intense. And like, you know, you're watching your dog so closely and like any little thing you're like, Oh my gosh, like it it feels a lot bigger in the moment. And you watch the video back and you're like, okay. So in reality, like that was not that big of a thing. It just felt way bigger in the moment. And so we've now come up with a new kind of technique for how we're going to do our next setup. And I'm very excited about it. It's just like a constant kind of building and tweaking of things to see what what works for him. Like what is like a good way that, to introduce him to somebody that's low pressure for him and um, goes at his own pace enough that we can make it a successful thing on a pretty regular basis, hopefully. <laughs> well, and it's like, that's what I love so much about this program is that like, I get a chance to give you a a general framework. I'm like, okay, let's try this. Let me know how it goes. Let's make tweaks as we need it, right? And you've been so awesome about implementing all the training plans I've given you. And then we can come together and be like, cool, so this worked, this didn't. Let's try doing this in place of that. And it's so fun to leverage like everything we know about Dexter just to tweak the training plans, right? Because, you know, the the only major tweak we made to the training plan is we're going to move instead of stay stationary, right? Like that's really what it boiled down to, like, because Dexter is prone to getting overly excited and asking him to stand and stay still is very not probable. So let's ask him to move and work through his excitement, right? So for everyone listening in Reactive Redefined, you upload videos every week and you get feedback from me every week on like, this has looked good. This is the body language I'm seeing. This is the, you know, your handling was good or maybe make this tweak. And I think it's really helpful to like, let's try it. Okay, cool. Let's talk about it. Right. And especially after you've had like a day or two to like come down from like 
you know, the pressure of like, okay, we're doing a training setup. This is on me. I have to explain to people what we have to do. And then, you know, just looked at, look at it objectively and be like, cool. So a lot went right. This is what we can tweak to ensure that hopefully we don't get those like over aroused sketchy feelings. Yeah. And it's nice just to have, like, it's so, it's so crazy to me, like really like the smallest tweaks, like it's really such a small thing. And it seems like after you hear it, you're like, oh, that's so obvious. Like, why did I not think of that? Like with our, the second setup that we did that was, had some problems. I like, I was exhausted anyway. So I was probably not like firing on all cylinders, honestly. So that's my bad as, as, you know, his guardian. But I remember standing there being like, okay, so like he had a little, a tiny bit of reaction and just like this is on me like I have two humans that I need to keep like feeling good about things I have my dog that I need to keep feeling safe and good about things I I am the decision maker right now like the wheels are spinning like what do I do and kind of freezing and then like when we talked about it I was like oh my gosh why did it were you out of park you're out of park outside like why did I not just think like hey how about we do a lap together and just have a chat and like obviously Dexter does he I learned this about him, so I don't know why I didn't think of it. But yeah, movement would have been key, I think, in that setup situation. Right, right. And it's like, <laughs> that's why you bring a professional on board, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, that's why, right. Like, that's why we seek the help of people who understand and can see a little bit more objectively outside of like our own emotional attachment to what's happening, right? Like, and, you know, I think we can't, finish this conversation without talking about like how we have to empower ourselves to feel confident enough in the plan that we can tell the other people that we've invited to be a part of the plan. Like, you know, it's, it, it's, it takes a lot of bandwidth, right. To be like, okay, I'm going to do this setup. I'm going to tell the people what to do. Right. Like that, that in and of itself is like a huge hurdle to some of the training setups that I ask of everyone in reactive redefined is like getting the confidence to be like, okay, cool. So I'm going to bring my friends over and we're going to do this. And like, you are so spoiled because you have really great friends who are super dog friendly and they get it, but still, right. Like it's a lot of pressure to manage him and still like confidently tell everybody what you want them to do. Totally. And I am, I'm totally spoiled. I'm so fortunate uh, to have friends who are so willing to be like, sure, like I will come over anytime you let me know and we'll do this. And we know where Dexter's at, what you're doing with them. You give us a, a direction to go and we'll, we'll follow. Um, it's that's, that's so huge because without that, it, how do you, how do you make progress? You know, like you really have to, it, it kind of like takes a village to raise a reactive dog too. <laughs> Oh, hells yes, it does. Oh, hells yes, it does. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about um, the group calls um, because I it's it's been so much fun to see you all like grow and get to know each other and share. So do you want to share with the listeners like, how do you feel about the group calls? What do you like about them? What have you gotten out of them? <sighs> I'm going to miss the group calls. Our last one is this week. Um, and I was like at first I was like oh my gosh like an hour and a half that's like a pretty like good chunk of time but it goes by so quick and I think I think the most valuable thing honestly with the group calls is like I was saying like I felt like so isolated with this 
journey with Dexter. And like, I feel like so many people don't get it. And they're like, okay. Like some people are like, oh, so your dog's just kind of an asshole. Cool. And some people are like, uh, oh, I'm sure it's not that bad. I'm sure you're, you know, I'm sure he's fine. Like he's just a puppy. He's just a rambunctious puppy. And like, you know, so many people and like, they're totally well-intending, like, I mean, it's not like, that's not to say anything negative. Like, that's just, I might've felt like the same way before I had a dog that like required something more. (laughs) Um, but having a group of people come together that like, we're all going through it. And like, there has been like a couple of like, you know, one or two of us have had like an emotional, like a setback or like, we feel like, you know, there's like a plateau that's been hit or it's just a particularly rough day with your dog for one reason or another. And have like feeling like you're not the only person going through it and like getting to come together and like, be like, okay, let's like purge all this information about what's going on with our dogs. Cause everyone around us, quite frankly, is probably tired of us talking about our dogs. But you guys, I think, are so cool. (laughs) Well, and it's like, you just, you cannot understand it until you are in the thick of it, right? Like, you really just cannot. And, and, you know, and I think that in people's well intentions, I think sometimes they kind of make accusations of, like, you're making this a bigger deal than it really needs to be. And, like, then you start to second guess yourself and you're like, wait a minute, is this a bigger deal than it needs to be? And then you're like, no, it's not. I live in reality. I am the expert at my own dog. Like, no, they, they do require more. Right. And I think just knowing that like other human beings have like stepped up and they exist on that same level as you, it's like, whew, okay. All right. Like, I think, you know, when you're out every day by yourself and you're not with, you know, other people who get it, I think that there's a lot of room for self-doubt and questioning. Right. And then we can all come together and it's like, okay, we're doing the right thing. We're on the right track here. (laughs) Totally. No, totally. It's been, it's, it's been positively reinforcing (laughs) to, uh, you know, have other people go, you know, going through the same thing and like having the same feelings and being like, yeah, like some days you are, you just like, some days you're just like, I can't do a walk today. Like it's not going to happen. Like we've had a shit week and I can tell like the way that the day is going so far with my dog, like today, if we were setting ourselves up to fail, if we tried to do a neighborhood walk during peak hours today. Like it's not going to happen. And like, just, yeah, the support of people who understand that same, uh, that same hardship or that same challenge, I guess is a better way to say it. It's just, it's just a unique challenge that like, I really didn't understand until I had Dexter and I'm like, oh, wow. Like it's, it's a, it's a very different thing than, other any other dog I've ever owned and trained and lived you know harmoniously with well and I feel like it's the perfect group to be like we got six inches closer today and nobody lost their shit and people are like yes like they know how huge that is when like you could tell your friend and they might be like and why is this a big deal right like right like people who understand like those small wins and can be there to be like Hells yes. And they understand it. You don't have to explain it. They just get it. Oh yeah. Like, uh, I think it was last week's 
uh, group meeting and I was like, TMI, but Dexter is now peeing on walks and he never did that before. I feel like it's a sign he's so relaxed. He's feeling so good. And I'm like, no, in no other world do I like, am I having a Zoom meeting with people I've never met in real life being like, my dog peed on a walk. (laughs) (laughs) It's like such a weird thing. Oh my God, dude, the group calls. Oh, I love them. Every time I get off those calls, I'm so full of just like love. I'm just like, you know, it's, I think that there's something too like that high that we get to ride after being with people who get it. That just gives us that extra push to like go out and do the work with our dogs. Totally. Yeah, for sure. It's very, it's very motivating where you're like, okay, like, and like, also it's validating and like, okay, like I've had a rough week and now, you know, we haven't done, made as much progress or done as much work on the things we want to be working on this week because, you know, life and now, but now it's like a reset and like, oh, I see what, you know, look at Cosmo, like killing it and, you know, all the, all, and you start to like, oh my gosh, like just watching the dog videos, like all the dogs are so adorable. I'm all, oh my gosh, look at Cosmo's little tail. I just love him so much. And I'm like, I've never met Cosmo, but I feel like I know him. I feel like I know all the dogs in the group and it's just so cool. Oh my God. Yes, it is. It's such, it's such a beautiful connection. Okay. So Kayla, any parting words for reactive dog guardians who are listening, who are not making progress and they're feeling like it's never going to get better? I feel like, oh my gosh, I feel for all the reactive dog guardians, like a million and a half percent, like so much. And I would say if you have a reactive dog, like I would definitely like, I recommend the route that I took, like, honestly, like check out some podcasts and like kind of get the vibe and the free, I mean, like there's like a free course that gives you like one of like the like core like values of the whole, like the whole training. I feel like the look at that was so helpful and like, just give that a try for a few weeks or a month. And like, if you see progress with that, like you're doing the full on like reactive redefine. I'm so thrilled that I did it. And I think it's so valuable and in it to, I would have never thought that in three months, like it's not even been a full three months yet. It's been like two and a half months. And like the progress that we made, we've made in that time period has been so insane and like emotional at times. Like we're doing it, buddy. You know, we're, (laughs) we're going to get there Dex. And like the bond that me and Dex have like created over the course of this course has been, I mean, I, I, I love my dog. I love, I've loved him of course the whole time, but like, there is something different when you start to read into little subtle, like body language cues with them. And you start to like, understand, like looking at, looking at things from the perspective of like, he's not being an asshole or he's not like trying to like make things rough for me. Like he's having a hard time. And I am like empathetic to that. Like I, I need to help him work through his feelings. I need to protect him from things that are going to keep him, you know, push him over a threshold, know what those triggers are and develop a plan to work through it. And I feel like that this course has really given me like a toolbox. Like now it's like, okay, it's like a, it's like a 
fun challenge now. Like, okay, we're going to do, you know, walk by my side right now. And we're going to do some find it's and we're going to do this. And today we can get closer to this dog, but you know, tomorrow we might not be able to, cause it might be a rough day. And like, just expanding a toolbox that you can feel good about where you're like giving your dog what they need and positively reinforcing them instead of like trying to communicate through corrections that like not, we didn't make any progress honestly with the corrective route and being able to just now now my biggest thing is like I need to find a new type of treat for you like a new novel type of treat a new reinforcer let's make toys reinforcing like just like that being you know a problem that's been implemented I'm like that's my favorite type of problem Oh my God. Well, and I think like the beauty of the, the skill set, right. That you have is that it is translatable and you can pivot and adapt it to anything, right? It's like, now you understand the core principles, you know, how to read his body language, you know, his limits and you have really functional skills. So it's like, now it's just like, okay, cool. We're just going to live our lives and just use these things. Right. Like, and yeah. I'm so proud of you guys. It's been so fun to, to watch you progress and cheer you on along the way. So, um, Kayla, do you have an Instagram handle you want to share with the listeners if they want to connect with you? Oh, sure. Uh, it's, uh, Dexter underscore the underscore doggo D O four G's. O. amazing. Okay. And we'll include a link to that in the show notes so people can connect with you. Kayla, thank you for being a beautiful human being. Thank you so much for everything. So I know that CBD is very popular right now, but did you know that there are other cannabinoid profiles that we can use for not only ourselves, but our our dogs as well? Vetsios has a new product out that is not only CBD, but it also uses CBG and CBN to act together to bring pretty strong results to the dogs. The new combination of the CBG, CBD, and CBN is really good for dogs with significant anxiety, excessive inflammation, or dysfunction of the neurologic system. I have been using the new profiles for Tiva. Many of you know my 14-year-old dog Tiva, and I've seen some really awesome changes in her mobility since starting the CBD, CBG, CBN combination. So if you're interested in trying any CBD products or checking out the new profile, check out vetcs.com and you can use code DisorderlyDogs for 10% off your purchase. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.